0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome into a new episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host today, joined alongside my fellow host, compatriot, and Ohio State basketball aficionado, Patrick Mayhorn.
1: Yeah, I am I am officially the Ohio State basketball knower, it, it seems. For those who don't know what we're talking about, LandGrant and Holy Land for the last... Five days or so it ended yesterday we had been running our our big uh ohio state basketball season preview there are there are 13 stories in it i wrote i want to say seven feature pieces for it i'm really happy with how it it turned out it was kind of my project and i brought it up to uh to the the editors that we have and they did a great job of making everything look good and, and contributing some stories and i'm really happy with how it came out. So um, if anyone listening is interested in Ohio State basketball and hasn't read that yet, I'm assuming it can be found on landgrantholyland.com. I haven't I haven't checked, but it's probably in there. So if if anyone is interested, they should go read it.
0: You can also listen to it. Listen to our Buckeye yeah. Basketball for Dummies episode that we dropped on the 25th, about 20 minutes long, talking about the upcoming season. It's right here, man. What is it? November 7th? against Cincinnati, the season starts off, so fired up about another season of Ohio State basketball, and if year one under chris holtman was any indication year two is gonna be a lot of fun
1: yeah it should be a really fun season it's a young team it's a team with uh i think they could really do a lot of different things it it could be a a really good season it could be kind of a rebuilding season there are a lot of fun players on the team i'm i'm really excited to to watch them and i hope ohio state fans on the whole are as well
0: yeah stay tuned for everything on LandGrantHolyLand.com. also Right here on the podcast, we'll have a ton of basketball coverage. Keep it locked. Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show. Go to SoundCloud.com slash Land and follow us on Twitter at Pod. So today is the day before Halloween. Halloween's the 31st, right? I'm, yep. I'm always lost. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're the day before Halloween, recording this in... Right before Ohio State's game against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, we haven't talked about Ohio State football for, it feels like, a month, and you know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. It has been a night. <laughs> we got a nice little reprieve with the bye week last week, and Ohio State comes into this game uh, playing Nebraska, fresh off the loss to Purdue, licking some wounds from, from how that game went and the fallout from that game, and... All of the talk about the team and Urban Meyer, and there was a lot made about his, his health status coming out earlier today. Doug Lemmersees of Cleveland.com wrote an article about Meyer's health and how he feels good coaching Ohio State right now. So there's just a lot going on after a bye week and a lot of questions. Uh, how do you feel about this game, I guess, just before we really break it down? What, what are your main thoughts going into this game, and how do you feel about Ohio State coming off of a bye week?
1: Well usually in in years past I felt pretty good about Ohio State coming out of a bye week it's it's usually <clears throat> helpful for Ohio State to to come out of a break they I think I don't know the exact record off the top of my head but I would be willing to bet that they've almost always won in the last couple of years and as a whole in the the history of the school and Nebraska's 2 and 6 it's you know it should be logically i know that it probably shouldn't be a close game however i have watched ohio state play football this year and nebraska seems to be getting better pretty pretty quickly I, I don't think that that team is super talented but i i do think scott frost is a pretty good coach and after seeing what he did with ucf taking them from 0 and 12 to 12 and 0 in the span of 3 seasons and seeing that Nebraska seems to be improving quite a bit on offense. Their defense is, is getting better. They have a really good young quarterback. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that that Nebraska might might be really, really in on trying to win this game, on trying to upset Ohio State, because Nebraska probably isn't going to be making a bowl game this year. They're currently 2-6, and six, so they would have to win out. To do that they might be two and five I, i'm not i'm not 100 okay two and six i know that they missed a game at the beginning of the season but i guess they made that up last week but you know so they're probably not going to make a ball game unless they have really really improved but i think that they're going to be really focused on trying to win this game you know it's kind of a cliche to say that this is like their team's super bowl but this really is this is really you know, Nebraska's biggest game of the season. This is their chance to to prove that they are getting better, that they are building something. And I think they're going to be all in on trying to do that, which is concerning because are we sure that Ohio State has things fixed? Are we sure that Ohio State's going to be ready for a quarterback that can make plays and that can run around? And I mean, Adrian Martinez is a very, very good young player. He's, he's certainly not consistent yet, but he can make big plays. And that's just, that's concerning to me. I'm, I'm worried about this game.
0: I think that's fair. And I think that there are individual pockets of this game to be concerned about, namely Nebraska's run game. And from what we've seen from Ohio state's defense, especially when it comes to being on an Island and giving up big plays, I think that there are certain things to be concerned about in this game as it pertains overall to the game. I'm totally with you. And we've talked about it as much as I think is humanly possible about how Ohio State's looked, but there isn't much for me watching this Nebraska team other than, like you're saying, they're going to be really amped up. And I think that in a situation that Nebraska's in where there are a couple pieces, there's a really good coach in place and and some good assistant coaches in place there, that can only take you so far because in watching Nebraska, they are super bad. (laughs) And I, I agree that they have improved and their offense looked really good a couple weeks ago against Minnesota putting up 53 one of their better offensive performances of the year but I think the the one thing that'll stand out about this game ultimately is that Nebraska just doesn't have depth right now they've dismissed a few guys uh, a lot of players just don't really fit in to what Scott Frost likes to do and you can kind of see the gears turning for them especially offensively of what to do and, and getting used to that system and being able to run it really well but I, I still think that when it comes down to those top 40 guys against each other, that's just where Nebraska doesn't match up. And maybe there'll be isolated pockets where they're able to score a couple points, make a few plays. But I think in the end, Ohio state just, the the depth is I think where the difference is here in this game. And that leads me into asking first on the offensive side of the ball, you brought up how consistent Ohio state's been after these bye weeks in improving How confident are you that, at least for this week, that some of those offensive issues are fixed? Like from red zone to running game to big play passing game, what are you most confident in and what are you least confident in has been not fixed but improved upon in the last you know eight days
1: well looking at nebraska's defense it's the matchup isn't great which is strange to say because nebraska's defense is not very good but nebraska's defense is better against efficient offenses than they are against explosive offenses and ohio state's offense is about as efficient as it gets and one of the least explosive teams in the country, so that's that's a little concerning. I don't I'm not super sure that Ohio State is going to be able to take advantage of the fact that Nebraska is really bad against big big running plays. They're really bad against big pass plays. It's kind of their their thing on defense is that they give up a lot of big plays, but outside of that they're they're pretty solid. I, I think that against this rushing defense, I would really, really like to think that Ohio State should be able to run at least a little bit. They should be able to create big plays. Because, like you said, Nebraska is not super deep, and the guys who are starting, a lot of them are very young, especially on the defense, and young defenders make mistakes. And I think that Ohio State should be able to take advantage of those mistakes defense or with their offense, and be it in the passing game, be it in the running game, I would like to see more big plays from Ohio State to take advantage of what Nebraska's defense is not very good at. Least confidence with the with the offense, I'm not super sure Ohio State will have A great efficiency day I'm not super sure they'll be able to throw underneath or run underneath like they like to do because Nebraska is pretty good at that Nebraska is pretty good at getting pressure on the quarterback and I think that it could be a pretty similar look defensively from what we've seen the last couple weeks what we saw Minnesota do what we saw Purdue do even going back to Indiana you know Ohio State's offense points wise didn't struggle so much in the Indiana game, but against Minnesota they obviously did. Against Purdue they obviously did. And I expect Nebraska will also know to to stack the box to prevent the run, to blitz Dwayne Haskins. And I'm I'm still I'm concerned about that, but I'm concerned about that with just about every defense right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, this is the game that despite Nebraska's record, for a multitude of reasons, you know, how have state coming off the bye and how many days they've had to prepare plus how things went in the Purdue game. This is a really good proving game, even if Nebraska isn't the best team in the world or even close to it, because I think at this point there really is no excuse if you're looking at it just from the offense's point of view where you think, okay, you've had a full week to digest film and to come up with some different wrinkles and different plans of attack to what you want to do on offense against these defenses that are really liking to stack stack the box. And I know that Urban Meyer talked about that yesterday, that all of their time in practice has been spent on reworking the run game and fixing red zone issues. And I think that the red zone issues are a little bit more fixable because there's really no reason for them to not have more success than they have been having. I think that that's just kind of an outlier. They haven't been good, and I don't think it'll be a dramatic increase or a dramatic improvement, but they can't really get worse than what they've been so far. But I, I think that those are some of the things that stand out to me about this game. And I, I'm not, I can't say I'm super confident that they fixed like the big play issues or being able to run the ball, but. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid for this week because the staff and Urban Meyer do have that track record of when they come off of games like this, that they've at least initially, I think, been able to rebound really strongly and and have a good performance. And I I think that with this staff and as much shit as we've given them, and I think rightfully so and and deserved and earned, I, I still think that there are guys that have been around the game long enough to kind of figure stuff out, even if it's for just a time and I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid this week. And I'm probably going to regret it (laughs) on Sunday, but I'm going to buy in that this will be the offense's best day in a while. And and I would be really surprised if they look like they did against Indiana or if they look like they did against Minnesota and obviously the way that they looked against Purdue. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, Hey, this will be, a big day for the offense. They'll be able to generate explosive plays. I think the run game will be much more explosive, and we'll see less of some of the concepts that we've seen with Dwayne Haskins and, and the RPO and the running out wide. So I'm I'm not feeling great about it, but I think that that's what'll happen, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt given the history.
1: Yeah, the you mentioned the the red zone struggles for Ohio State a little bit, and in terms of. Nebraska's red zone defense inside the 10, it's significantly worse than Purdue's, which is encouraging. They're actually really good from the 20 to 11 on on defense, which is where Ohio State's red zone offense is successful. Which is a little bit unfortunate that Ohio State might actually face a little resistance there, but I do think they can they can handle it. So red zone stuff will will probably be really important for Ohio State because I do think that they'll be able to to move the ball. On Nebraska, it's just can they get into the end zone? Can can they finish drives with seven points instead of three? And that's I'm not super sure this game is going to be close enough that it'll matter. But then again, (laughs) we've seen what Ohio State at their lowest is is capable of, and Nebraska is like we mentioned getting better. They when you go off of uh, Bill Connolly's S and P Plus post game win expectancy. Nebraska probably should be about 4 and 4 rather than 2 and 6. They've they've been in quite a few of the games that they've lost. I mean, they started the season off with back-to-back 5-point losses. They they blew a big lead against Northwestern a couple weeks ago who's now the Big 10 West leader, I guess. And then they crushed Minnesota, which Ohio State didn't do, and then they crushed Bethune-Cookman. So it it should be I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I am not I'm not confident enough at all in this team to to say that ohio state can blow really anybody out at this point i think that it's going to be mostly close games from here on out and um you know the the spread for this game that i saw was minus 22.5 ohio state which does not feel super attainable but i do think ohio state should be able to move the ball and they should be able to score and they probably will win the game they they certainly should win the game but offensively, I, I do think Ohio State will be okay here.
0: I feel like we both feel more confident. Like If the offense came out and they were able to run the ball and they ran for 250-plus yards and they threw the ball for 250-plus yards, we would be way less shocked about that than we would be if the defense... Holds Nebraska under like two hundred and fifty or three hundred, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that seems. So how how do
0: you feel about the defense? Do you think like I, I I asked you, hey, what from like most to least, what what would you, what do you feel confident in in the defensive or the offensive issues? being fixed do you feel confident in anything about what the defense has worked on since
1: the purdue game well most confident i think the passing defense should be better this week again than it was against purdue nebraska has some really good receivers but i'm not super sure adrian martinez is is ready to play in ohio stadium he's I think he's going to be really, really good, but I don't think he's there yet. And I could see him getting flustered, not getting the ball out quick enough. And if the defensive line is able to get pressure, that that could be kind of the end of the game there. But you know, guys like J.D. Spielman, guys like Stanley Morgan Jr. really freak me out a little bit because Nebraska has some really good receivers. These guys are really good players, and Ohio State's going to have to figure out how to cover them and how to not do that with a safety, which, by the way... <laughs> I don't think I don't think we mentioned specifically on the the last podcast because I don't think my article had actually gone out at that time. Maybe it had the the film study, but there was a play where it was it was third and short, and Rodale Moore was covered by Isaiah Pryor. Oh, we talked okay, about good. it. Okay, good because it was. I'm still upset about it. Like <laughs> almost two weeks later, I'm still so upset about that play. And if they do that against J.D. Spielman, they're going to get burnt again. And we We saw this past weekend as Michigan State completely shut down Purdue's offense that they put a cornerback on uh Rondale Moore and they tackled him when he caught the ball and he He didn't have nearly as big of a day, which is is weird. I wonder if there's maybe anything to that you' like playing a zone or anything like that, but uh I'm trying to not be <laughs> I'm trying to not be as negative this week so um I think
0: tackling is a good strategy Tackling
1: is a good strategy I I do think that Ohio State should consider tackling in this game but I think the passing defense should be able to at least do something against Adrian Martinez they might get a couple kind of gimme interceptions like they did against Minnesota and that that should keep them in the game least confident I'm really concerned about the rush defense I'm I'm really really worried about how this defense will handle you know, divine a Zigbo, how they'll handle Adrian Martinez, because Scott Frost knows how to design an offense, and he has two players who are really good at running. And that's pretty much been Nebraska's offense the last couple of weeks. they've They've really been running the ball well. They get a lot of yards on pretty much all of their carries. They're really efficient running the ball. And I'm worried about that. I'm not super sure Ohio State's linebackers are really ready to, to face a a read option quarterback because they haven't in several weeks. I I really can't remember the last quarterback that was running a lot on Ohio state. It's been a while since they did that. Even a guy like Sean Robinson for TCU didn't run a ton on this defense. And I'm, I'm concerned about what Adrian Martinez will do on the ground.
0: Yeah. And that kind of ties back into what we talked about with coaching. And I I think it's obvious that Scott Frost is the best X's and O's coach in this game. And that's where they have an upper hand, where they have the deficiency in talent. And you know that those guys have been watching film from all season, not just the Purdue game. And they've seen the constant struggles that Ohio State has had. And that's where they are going to stress this defense the most. And we're going to see if there has been any improvement there because Purdue was kind of just able to do the same things over and over and replicate a lot of what other offenses have done to Ohio State this season. And if you're Nebraska and Frost, I I think he's a simple minded enough guy, and I mean that in in a positive way.
1: Lethal simplicity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's not he's not gonna overthink it. And he's going to attack Ohio State where they are at their most vulnerable and that's been in the middle of the defense this season. And if they continue to play the way they did against Purdue and really the whole 2018 season so far. Then we're going to see a lot of what we saw, I think, against Purdue. And this is a very legitimate test for, I think, not only just the defense as a whole, but in particular, the run defense and the linebackers again. I don't want to say I I will be shocked if the same thing happens because we've just talked about it from the start of the season that the linebackers have looked out of position. At times, there has been nobody even there to make a play. And when you hear Greg Schiano last week, talk about, Hey, we're, we're right there. The linebackers are getting better. We still think the defense is improving. That's where a lot of my concern comes from because it's like, Hey, if you're just going to keep doing the same things, you're going to get the same results and Nebraska's coaches are smart enough to take advantage of that, so I I do think we will see a couple of really big Nebraska runs.
1: Yeah, I think that probably the best comparison for what Nebraska likes to do with their offense is what Penn State did to Ohio State, which is uh, Trace McSorley running for almost 200 yards, and um, I'm not sure that Adrian Martinez is going to be capable of of quite that much. I, I don't think that he is nearly to the level of Trace McSorley, obviously, but I do think he'll be able to pick up some yards with the the read option, and the read option obviously gave Ohio State a ton of trouble there. I wouldn't be surprised if the actual running backs that Nebraska have kind of have a, a quiet game. Ohio State hasn't really been killed by running backs to this point because I think their line is really good, and that's that's a big part of stopping actual handoffs. But I, I do think that the quarterback run is something that Ohio State really needs to be prepared for and I'm not super confident that they will be and that might just be because of the last Ohio State game that we watched and you know because I'm a little bit gun shy right now when it comes to Ohio State's defense when it comes to seeing Ohio State improve because they haven't yet this season and I'm I'm really concerned that they won't be ready for the read option and I think if there's if there's a way for Nebraska to keep this game close or even win it it will be with the the read option and creating big plays like you said
0: the thing that i'm really interested to see in what can swing this game for the defense is how they play on first down because if they're able to dominate nebraska's line on first down that's where you mentioned martinez is still a very young quarterback and just watching he'll make mistakes yeah he'll he'll make mistakes and they can pressure him into making mistakes and i think that's As we talk about for Ohio State, basically against any offensive line, that is their biggest strength is with the defensive line and causing havoc, getting to the quarterback on third down. But if Nebraska all game is in second and eight, second and nine, that's going to be where they lose the game because Ohio State's defense can kind of just fly around that front four on third downs, and I don't think Nebraska really right now has much of an answer for that. I'd like those two receivers. Spielman had a big game against Ohio State last year, if I remember right. He's going to be a guy out wide that they're going to have to watch for. But if Nebraska is constantly in third and six or longer, then that's where I think that that's where the game's going to shift. So early, those first and second downs, if Ohio State's given up big chunks, like we've seen basically all season, that's where the worry comes from. But if they're able to dominate up front, then I think they really cut off Nebraska's chance of doing much of anything, at least consistently offensively.
1: Yeah, and Nebraska, you you know, you mentioned the the third and longs, and I think that's gonna be a key thing for Ohio State because Nebraska is not particularly good at passing in long situations because they have a freshman quarterback who's not particularly accurate yet. And Ohio State's defense is really, really bad in passing downs. So they, they might be able to to get lucky here, and they might be able to get bailed out by some bad passes. And I think that they really need some help from their defensive line here. They need their defense to be getting in and, and making plays without having to bring extra pressure from linebackers. And I have no confidence at all that they'll be putting linebackers in positions to read and react to plays or putting linebackers in the zone. I, they'll They'll still be up on the line. But just... Winning in spite of that, Nebraska making mistakes in that situation is key for this defense, and I I hate that they're depending on the other team making mistakes because that's not a a sustainable model for defense, but I I do think that that's probably what it'll be because I think that Nebraska and Adrian Martinez will make enough mistakes that Ohio State's defense won't get gashed here they'll they'll certainly give up yards I think they'll certainly give up points but it, it probably won't be as bad as Purdue because I think Purdue is not more talented but they've been doing the Jeff Brom system for another year than Nebraska and Scott Frost has and it seems like these Nebraska guys are just kind of starting to catch on and Purdue doesn't have a freshman quarterback so they they didn't make as many mistakes so it's, it's certainly not great to be depending on so many mistakes for for a defense to get off the field. But I do think that that's a a legitimate thing that could happen in this game.
0: So let's fast forward to 6 p.m. on Saturday night. If Ohio State, you know, the rubble is cleared from this game and Nebraska has run for 112 yards, Martinez only threw for 150, Ohio State won by 28. How confident do you feel that they're going to be able to maintain that going forward? Or do you think that that's just... A spike that you know we've, we've seen in the past like we mentioned before
1: heading into the last three games of the season if Ohio State looks if they win by 20 I don't think that my confidence really changes all that much I, I think that Michigan State still concerns me maybe not as much as they did at the beginning of the season Maryland actually <laughs> concerns me quite a bit because that's a road game they they have kind of a weird offense that can that can do some things although there's some Strange stuff happening in Maryland right now, and then I do think Ohio State's going to lose to Michigan unless some serious things change here So if it's a 20-point win, I I don't think much changes for me I think if Ohio State comes out and just crushes Nebraska like they did Michigan State last year after the Iowa game I think that that's how the the season broke down But if they just come out and destroy Nebraska like 56 to 10 56 to 3 type, type of game I would be a little bit more confident. I think that would be a a very positive recap episode, and I would be feeling not 100% sure that the things that changed this week, because that would require change for there to be a blowout. I wouldn't be super sure that that change will last, but it would be good to see it actually happen for at least one week. And if if there is change this week, that would be a good thing. That would be a good thing to see and I think that that's really what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, and I think that's ultimately the thing that intrigues me most about this game and I didn't think we'd be having this conversation especially 3 weeks ago with how Nebraska looked to start off the season that there are going to be a lot of things to take away from this game no matter what happens and even if it is a, a big blowout then it's kind of like cautiously optimistic of okay we saw it one week Let's see this continue in the fourth quarter in East Lansing when the game gets really tight when you're playing a good team and when you have Michigan at home to close out the season or even a trap game like the Maryland game like you referenced. But that that's the thing I like about this game is that there's, there's a lot at stake here. And I don't think we thought anything of this game before the season with how Nebraska was looking and especially as the season started but here we are, and and I think that regardless of what happens, there's going to be a ton of takeaways, and I, I don't know if there's a scenario. I mean, there is, but I, I can't see things going much worse than they did than the Purdue game. It's a home game. It's an early morning game. I, I think that these guys are just like – not even thinking about the coaches for a second these players have got to be ready to to get out there and, and knock some heads and and go out and make some plays after what happened because you know that they're embarrassed and you know that they're upset and like we talked about with Nebraska that can only take you so far but as we saw in the Michigan State game last year you know they came off of that Iowa loss and they looked like a brand new team and I don't know if that's exactly what we'll see on Saturday but I think that it's possible and that really would be the most encouraging thing to see is them get, for lack of a better term, back on their bullshit and forget all of the bad things that they've been doing and kind of just get get back to playing simple football.
1: I'm not going to, to go out and say that there will be a big win here because I really don't think there will be. There have been times this week where I thought Ohio State would lose this game, and as we get closer to game time, and as I, I look more and more into this, I'm I'm less and less confident about Ohio State here. But I do think they'll win. I, I think Ohio State is is going to to hold on to win this game. And if they make changes, that's that's awesome. If they make changes <laughs> and those changes are good, then great. You know, I'd be more than happy to to get on here and be all positive about how Urban Meyer made changes. Urban Meyer fixed things like he said he was going to. I'm not expecting to do that i i've got i've got not not a lot of confidence that that'll that happen
0: you're in a dark place right now we need ohio state <laughs> basketball to start asap this this game against cincinnati can't come
1: soon oh enough. man <laughs> yeah it's i think writing day to day about ohio state football is a a wonderful thing that i get to do and i i love doing it I love interacting with Ohio State fans. I love putting this stuff together and, and doing doing things online. It's, it's enjoyable. But Urban Meyer makes me miserable at times. <laughs> Covering this team, especially when they're doing things like this, when they're losing to Purdue, when they're losing to Iowa, it's not it's not enjoyable because you're saying the same thing over and over you know i i've we've been we've been saying this stuff for weeks we've been saying well if ohio state makes changes this week it would be good it would be objectively good if ohio state makes changes and you start to feel like you're just repeating yourself you know and i'm sure that ohio state's players feel the same way i'm sure that the coaching staff at least If they have some self-awareness, feels the same way. I'm not super confident they do, but this is not like I want Ohio State to be good at football. You know, I want this team to figure it out. They they still have all of their stuff ahead of them. They could still absolutely accomplish whatever goals they set to accomplish this season, unless their goals were don't lose to Purdue, which would be a strange goal. But I just it's frustrating. It's frustrating when when it keeps happening and they don't make any changes and it's like very obvious what the changes should be schematically personnel wise it's obvious where the issues are and what these guys are are doing that that isn't working and it's just it's frustrating i still love ohio state football i still love ohio state sports i'm like you said very excited for the ohio state basketball season to start because it's a little bit less high pressure i guess than ohio state football it's a little bit less of a National championship or bust situation, and it's I, I, it'll be a welcome change. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that.
0: <laughs> do you have, do you have a final prediction?
1: I think I think Ohio State. This is probably gonna be like the Minnesota game, like the Indiana game, where it was close at halftime. Ohio State's depth kicks in in the second half, and they pull away. So I, I think Ohio State wins forty-two twenty.
0: All right, I like it. I like I said. I'm I'm gonna drink the Kool Aid this week just because. I think that the players are going to be super fired up and I think that they're going to be very eager to come out and look much better than they have recently. And the bye week couldn't have come at a better time and you get back at home and I think we'll see something similar to the Michigan state game last year. So I'll go 42 to 10 and I don't feel incredibly confident in that, but I think for at least one week they can, Not necessarily solve all of their issues, but look more like the team that we thought they would be. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the changes we've talked about and have been thrown out there, even if it's only temporary, because they've done that in the past. And I I think that that's where some of the other problems have been, is that they've had fixes and like, oh, okay, this has gotten better. And then they've kind of reverted to what they've done in the past after they've had the success. So I could see that being this type of game. And I still think that this is a good team. I, I'm just, I'm still so done about talking about like the playoff and what's left for them because they're at the point where they just need to win every single game. This is after the Iowa game last year. This is after the Virginia tech game in 2014. It's kind of the same mentality where like, yeah, cool. You have a loss and your dreams are still alive, but the problems have been so big and you've created such a hole for yourself that you just need to take it week by week. And that's where we are right now. The Nebraska game is a big game. Ohio State should win. They're definitely better on paper, but it remains to be seen whether they can get over their issues. I think for at least one week, They do it, and by the way, they're going to look very stylish while they do it because they're wearing those sweet, sweet black uniforms.
1: Yeah, I I like the black uniforms a lot. I really wish that they weren't um, doing it at noon, because <laughs> that's that's a little weird. It's a little weird. It, it would look a lot better at night, especially because they're asking the fans to wear black, and it's like that's not gonna work <laughs> because people aren't gonna show up to this game, and also because it's at noon, so they're just gonna have to paint a bunch of the <laughs> the, the seats black. But yeah, I I think Ohio State will probably win, and that's that's fine. Uh, a win is a win. I'm trying to not lower my expectations because that's how you get a team that goes eight and five every year um, which is kind of where Florida is now speaking of article might be coming on that somewhat soon Uh, just a a little teaser there about Florida and Ohio State and Urban Meyer and some other things involved with that but it, it should be it should be a Buckeye win it should be a relatively enjoyable game to watch, hopefully. Like you said, the uniforms look really good. I'm, I'm excited to see those again. You know what else should be fun to watch this week? Maction, all week.
0: Uh Maction? I was going to say not Alabama LSU.
1: Well, <laughs> maybe for a half. No, we got Maction. We got Maction all week long. We have what looks like five Mac games from Tuesday to Thursday. And I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Maction. I've missed it so much. <laughs>
0: What's your favorite one?
1: Northern Illinois Akron isn't terrible. I, I think Northern Illinois' defense is really fun. Uh, Ball State Toledo is going to be a blowout, but Toledo is, is good to watch. I think Miami of Ohio at Buffalo, on I guess that's tonight, should be good. Um, there's not a ton of great matchups this week in the MAC, but they're all their football. Um, it's better to watch Miami of Ohio at Buffalo and Kent State at Bowling Green than it is the, the playoff rankings, which I don't care about at this point the The week slate, I think, in general, is is really good. After the the MAC games, and on Thursday, you've got Temple at UCF, which is a banger. Temple's defense is really good. UCF is really good. Friday, you got Pitt, Virginia for the ACC Coastal.
0: <laughs> My Virginia Cavaliers, baby. If our Virginia Cav- been, Cavaliers. Our Virginia Cavaliers. If you haven't been watching them, they are. I, I don't want to they so I don't yeah I don't want to say they're <laughs> so much fun that was what I was gonna say yeah but they're not like they're not like a super high scoring team Bryce Perkins is a really fun quarterback to watch he makes a lot of mistakes but he's a great runner and it's just it's fun to watch a team like Virginia who hasn't had a lot of success recently and they're just figuring out how to win and I, they went to a bowl game last year but they, they looked really really strong the past couple of weeks and they're sitting at 23rd right now 6 and 2 4 and 1 in the ACC and we are at the point where Virginia is a win away from like all right we have possibly our coastal champion right now
1: SBNation.com, send the holy land boys to a Virginia game <laughs> make it happen get us get us an embed at Virginia we'll we'll do a podcast with uh with Bronco Mendenhall um, speaking of friday western kentucky at middle tennessee secretly good and colorado at arizona i'm <laughs> i'm concerned about that football game for your beloved Bobs. <laughs> uh,
0: listen after what happened last week against oregon state and i just drank myself into a oh, stupor God. after that game ended that was one of the worst things i've ever watched and then watching arizona come out and just beat the brakes off of, who are they playing they play Oregon last week yeah
1: yeah they played Oregon
0: they just beat the hell out of them and I was like <laughs> wow nice my whole perspective has changed in the last two hours about what just happened against Oregon State and how CU is going to perform against Arizona I don't know man I I have no idea I know one thing for sure is that game will be really stupid and you said this is this is a good week and just looking through it, there's like, there's the big matchup games There's the LSU, Alabama, there's Texas, West Virginia, Georgia, Kentucky. So like the top of it is always good. But what I think makes a great week in, in college football is the, the undercard in that those middle classes of games have to be really good. And you have a game like Michigan state and Maryland, which we talked about everything going on at Maryland, but just like on field stuff, Michigan state is still decent enough I think and Maryland sitting at five and three three and two in in the big 10 where you could get a really entertaining game and if Michigan State loses that game and they they're at five and four then I think people start having really big picture discussions about Michigan State not Mark D'Antonio but his you know we want to talk about assistance and how offenses have been working Michigan State definitely has some questions but This is what I like about this week is there's a really great middle class of games, Iowa State and Kansas. Might be worth watching. Uh, no. Might yeah, I'm I'm getting on the table. I'm watching Kansas no. this week and nobody can stop me.
1: I, I mean I wish I could stop you. How are you gonna watch that? That's on FSN.
0: I'll pirate. I know how to do I know how this game works. I've been doing this a long time, man. I know how it works. Oh
1: man. As someone who watched the the Warriors absolutely decimate the Bulls last night on one of the most illegal websites I've ever seen. <laughs> it was uh, it was an enjoyable experience, so I I'm not gonna follow you for that but Kansas is going to get they're just they're going to get stopped Iowa State's good um it is a it is a good week of games it's a the the top of the games I think are really good I'm I'm not super sure West Virginia Texas will be as good as it should be um Texas is looking real shaky right now but Georgia Kentucky might be good I think Georgia's probably just going to crush them but it's at Kentucky it's a it's a CBS afternoon game so I'll watch it um Iowa-Purdue, secretly pretty good. Purdue is um, trying to bounce back after getting beat by Michigan State. Iowa is trying to bounce back after getting beat by Penn State. So there will be like six points in that game total, all because of safeties. So we'll get another 4-2 out there, which will be encouraging to, to see. Um, Kansas State and TCU. If you want to watch bad Big 12 football, which it seems that you do, I'm out. I'm Kansas, out on that one. <laughs> Kansas State TCU is the worst Big 12 game of the week. TCU stinks out loud, and Kansas State is even worse. Um, Navy at Cincinnati is not great, but Cincinnati is, I believe, seven and one, and they're playing a triple option team, so that that could be. Kind of weird. Boston College at Virginia Tech. Boston College is really good. Virginia Tech is, is not really good. Penn State, Michigan, I think Michigan's going to crush them. I think Michigan's going to put Penn State in the ground.
0: I was going to ask you about that. You think Penn State yeah. has any shot there?
1: I, I don't. I think Michigan's defense is is going to really... Hurt that Penn State offense, and I think Shea Patterson is really starting to figure it out. I'm I'm very concerned about Michigan right now, and I, I think that they're going to, um, I, I think they're going to decimate Penn State.
0: This is the game that's going to tell me about Michigan. I'm going to mm-hmm. be on either side of the fence because I'm still kind of playing the middle on them. And if obviously if Penn State wins, then I'll have my answer. But if they're able to crush it, then I think I can fully buy in and be like, okay, Michigan's definitely got it. But yeah, the offense is starting to roll. Do you think that Northwestern this is the week for Notre Dame? Northwestern yeah. can can they do it? I think it's yeah. going to happen. I think Northwestern's going to win this game.
1: Yeah, I think Northwestern's going to win and then I think Notre Dame is going to lose in Yankee Stadium to Syracuse because uh Notre Dame does this every single year. They do the exact same thing every single year except for the year when they went 4 and 8, which was very funny. Um where they're they're awesome through the first two and a half months of the season, and then November hits, and they lose. They lose two games. They knock themselves out of playoff contention. Everyone stops talking about, well, this year is going to be the year where three Power Five conferences get left out because two SEC teams are going to get in and Notre Dame. No, they're not. Notre Dame is going to lose two games. It's going to be Northwestern and Syracuse. (laughs) And both games will have basketball scores, which is the way things are supposed to be. So this will be like um, 52-50. And Pat Fitzgerald will be the most miserable winning coach you've ever seen. He's like, I can't believe we gave up 50 points. That's communism. Um, so, yeah, I I, I think Northwestern wins.
0: <laughs> Speaking of upsets, I also am very intrigued about Oklahoma's trip to yeah. Lubbock playing Texas Tech. That is a game that has been tricky for OU in the past. And I, I know they lost at home the last time they really got upset by Tech but with what Tech can do on offense I think should scare OU a little bit and OU's offense is obviously one of the best in the country but I I think that
1: this will be your classic you know Big 12 type of shootout yeah I I think it certainly could be Texas Tech bouncing back after losing to Iowa State their uh, freshman quarterback Alan Bowman didn't have a great game but I, I think he should be able to um, get some get some work done against <laughs> this Oklahoma defense is the best way to describe what you can do to this Oklahoma defense, even without our beloved Stoops. Um, the, the night slate's really good with that Oklahoma-Texas Tech game, because you got Alabama-LSU, which I'm interested in. I don't think it's going to be super close, because Alabama's really, really good, and LSU is... Suspect. I'm a little surprised that they're seven and one, but they are, and we can't legally say that they aren't. Um, With the the Notre Dame Northwestern game, even UCLA Oregon might be kind of interesting because Oregon has no offense right now, and UCLA is kind of figuring it out. They're in a very similar place to Nebraska, but. Uh, Chip Kelly against his former team should be at least somewhat interesting. Um, I'll get Stanford-Washington going on the computer because I do not have Pac-12 network. I don't think anyone but you does, which is good. (laughs) I'm the only subscriber in the world. Yeah. (laughs) You single-handedly are keeping that network going. Um, Significantly less enjoyable than it was a couple weeks ago, Stanford-Washington, because those teams have have fallen off a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, it should still be... Interesting, I guess. Maybe Bryce Love will have a good game. Maybe Jake Browning will. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think Jake Browning will do much of anything. <laughs> I think he's going to do the same thing that he always does, which is throw for 180 yards and no touchdowns, no interceptions. He might have a fumble, and that's what you're going to get out of him. And Washington is just going to have to live with that. Um, the The late night games, at least Eastern. Late-night games aren't terrible. BYU-Boise State's kind of fun. I, I think Boise State's probably going to win, but that that might be interesting. Uh, Cal at Wazoo. Are you are you in on Wazoo?
0: No, I'm never in yeah. on them. I yeah. know that the other shoe's going <laughs> to drop eventually, yeah. and I would like to see them keep winning. I, I really like when they're good, and I think it's good for college football whenever Mike Leach has a good team just because he's so crazy. But th- that shoe always drops, and I don't know when it'll be but it drops, and it drops hard. And maybe it happens this week, maybe it happens next week, but it's November, and I know it's coming.
1: Yeah, it feels like every year there's, you know, the game that's on, like, a Friday night, or it's a late-night game in Pullman, and Washington State wins the game, they storm the field, everyone's all excited, they're like, well, this is the year that is going to break through and win the Pac-12, and it feels like they're always in the exact same place every year, and then they lose a dumb one, like... California at 10:45, (laughs) and it just California just beat Washington in one of the worst football games I've ever seen truly a a despicable show of football it was 12 10 and it was worse than it sounds Um, but I think that this could be I think this could be the loss I think they could lose in the apple cup to Washington really it's just I I think it's just a matter of time because I'm not I'm not willing to buy that. <laughs> that Mike Leach, no matter how much he is a, a character and how much it is enjoyable when they're winning games, I I don't think that they have the talent or the the system to actually win the Pac-12 or to actually win 11 games. And I think people have kind of tried to convince themselves that they will, and I I just don't I don't see it. Um, Last thing and then we'll get out of here. Speaking of the Pac-Twelve, the current Pac-Twelve championship game, if I uh if I have been informed correctly, is Washington State, Utah. I think both of those teams lose this week. Because Utah's gotta play Herm. <laughs> oh god. They gotta yeah, play Herm. I, I can see it. And they have to play at Herm. At Herm Stadium. <laughs> on the Pac-Twelve Network. God damn it.
0: <laughs> I just I'm sorry. I'm 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 looking at our podcast reviews right now and I'm just enthralled at, are they are they good <laughs> <laughs> i'm super enthralled like we're getting dissertations mm. on and it's either it's like we said it's either one star or five star and i, I appreciate it I, yeah. i'm glad that we've we've incited such <laughs> such talk from people because like i i can't speak for you but whether people like the show or i would prefer that people like the show i'm i'm i don't i'm not one of those people who's like yeah i'm cool if you hate me like no i'd prefer that you like
1: me yeah <laughs>
0: but like at the end of the day uh we get people talking and we care about ohio state sports and ohio state football and the people that get super upset that's fine we know who you are though we <laughs> we yeah, know we who see you guys. are i see your name i see your name woody 1950 you get the out of here. We know who you are, my friend. But uh yeah, we, we appreciate it, man. And I'm just uh, I didn't want to interrupt you there, but this is really funny. We uh we got a lot of one star reviews where people are referencing the Me Too movement. So I appreciate Whoa. the support and I appreciate people who just out themselves Holy shit. immediately when they talk about it. But I I really like that uh that we have kind of created this dialogue in you know, in a, in a world where there's a lot of that, there's a lot of the first take stuff. And I want people to know that you and I don't, we really don't do any pre-production. Like we don't talk about it. I don't tell Patrick, (laughs) I'm going to take like this stance. You take this stance. Like this is what we think. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and it can definitely be draining at times, but like, Hey, you know, if Ohio state didn't lose by 30 to Purdue, it would definitely be less draining and it wouldn't be so negative, but, I love it, man. I I love that we've got an uptick and all this stuff. And I think we are at the height of our podcast powers right now and it's only getting better. And I've seen even the people that don't like it have said, Hey, I'm going to keep listening. And I know why, because I know that we're putting out some good shit right now and people are liking it, whether they agree with us or disagree with us, or they want to hear us talk about Herm Edwards and everything happening on the PAC 12 network. Uh, I appreciate it. And we're in a different lane than everybody else. Don't you know, we're, we're not like the other dudes talking about Ohio state. So don't even compare them to us. We do two different things and we like it that way. We don't want to be like them. They sure as hell don't want to be like us, which is fine with us. But, uh, yeah, man, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I I was really having fun reading those.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I'm on the same boat with the, like, I'd prefer y'all don't hate us, but I mean, I'm not going to stop. Like we, we get a lot of People tweeting at us. These guys us. don't even like Ohio yeah, State. Tweeting at us about Ohio if I hated Ohio negative.
0: State, I wouldn't spend this much time talking about. It. I get paid not enough <laughs> to talk some of the shit I do about Ohio State. Trust me, if yeah. I did not like them, I would not be here.
1: Yeah, and like we get, we get people, and we encourage you guys to tweet us. Like it's encouraged that you give us feedback. I don't read reviews or comments on articles anymore because it, it bums me out sometimes um because i I stand by the work that i do I, I stand by the the writing that I do the podcasts that we do and i i wouldn't i wouldn't write the things that I write if I didn't think that they were worth saying if they if I didn't think that it was it was good if I didn't think it was good content I wouldn't put it out into the world and it's like the 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 comments about how we're too negative. And like people listening to the entire podcast, I'm sure he's listening to this one, too, just because he hates um, being happy. I guess the guy who we're talking about knows that we're talking about him. But like people who say that the show is too negative and listen to the whole show, like, y'all, if you don't like the show, you don't have to listen to it. We're not the
0: gonna, last thing I would ever make uh, anybody do is listen to me or us talk about anything. Man, yeah, like for we're not fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna force anybody to, to listen to us talk about Ohio State football. This is just how we feel about a sports team. It it's really like you, you don't have to you don't have to indulge our negativity if you don't want to and like but I'm not gonna go out of my way to be more positive about a team that lost to Purdue. I'm not gonna do that. That's not how I feel there are plenty of podcasts that will do that. There are plenty of podcasts that will just talk about stories from their, their past talk about stories of Ohio state's past and, you know, talk about how things will get fixed. Urban Meyer's fine. And, uh, then they'll go interview urban Meyer, things like that. And there's a reason (laughs) that those podcasts are so positive and that's fine. That's there's certainly a lane for that. I, I enjoy plenty of podcasts like that. I enjoy, plenty of media like that it's a it's a valuable part of college football coverage is websites podcast writers who have connections to coaches who have connections to programs it's an important thing I don't have that we we don't have that I don't talk to urban Meyer I don't like urban Meyer I I write about a college football team and we we write about what we see we talk about what we see and that's why we're negative is because we don't see good things uh, with this team and when they start doing good things, hopefully soon, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about the positive things. I'd be more than happy to write a positive piece right now. The, the writing of the basketball preview series was a delight because things could be good there. Things could be enjoyable. It, it could be fun. It was optimistic. I, I like... I like writing optimistic things. I like talking optimistically about Ohio state sports and hopefully they get back to letting us do that. But until then, we're just going to talk about what we see because that's, that's what our job is. And like you said, we, we don't get paid enough to, to sugarcoat things for Ohio state and to pretend that Ohio state is, is in a great place right now. And it's, it's our job to be kind of the voice of fans. That's really what SB Nation is all about, and I think that we do that pretty well. So I'm I'm willing to stand by that, and I'm sure that those reviews are very funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and I think how I can tell that we're doing a good job is that we elicit the opinions. Yeah. On on each of those. Our listens are higher than ever, and it's yeah, and it's much better than getting silence on anything, which is great. And and I will say this: the same people that are upset about people talking about Urban Meyer. And being vocally opposed to some of the things that are happening in the football program right now are the same ones that won and Thad modified three years ago and give up on the basketball team the second that they stop winning Big Ten titles. So you know you can't have it both ways. If you're gonna support, support all the way through because we saw basketball the last three years, and and where's everybody been until this last season? So I, I think that those people are in. The same group, but hey, do you and we are all here to enjoy Ohio State together. But Patrick and I are gonna keep rolling on and for the haters, Patrick is gonna continue laughing. It's a beautiful laugh. We love it. He loves it. And we won't we won't take any of that. We won't do it. We are here on the hangout in the Holy Land and we will be back later on this week talking about Ohio State's game against Nebraska, reviewing all of those hopefully fun things and if they aren't fun, we will be here with another hour of Craig Schiano talk baby. We got all of that for you coming up here on the hangout in the Holy Land. But until next time for Patrick Mayhorn, I'm Colton Denning, go bucks.